0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tree City Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Baker, here with my co-host, Graham Moen. Yeah! And today we are discussing the NBA draft. It wasn't what I would describe as the most exciting draft of all
1: time. There's only really a couple of exciting moments.
0: Yeah, there were a lot of interesting player fits, certainly, but this was an NBA draft when not a single current NBA player was actually traded.
1: Which is weird. Usually you get at least like a rotation guy or a solid starter that gets traded for like a mid round pick for like a mid first round pick. Right.
0: So what that means basically is that every trade that occurred was strictly with draft picks. So yeah. you know the, you know, oftentimes we do get a little more action around the draft, but there's still a decent amount to discuss. So, we can start with the Cavs taking who we pretty much suspected was going to be the pick before time.
1: Yeah, that's because of Woj deciding to Well, yeah. Okay. Not play okay, by okay the that's rules. one thing we
0: got to mention is Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN always breaks all these draft picks. <laughs> and they told him that he wasn't allowed to break the draft picks anymore. So instead, he just started using, like, ridiculous adjectives that didn't mean... Like, leaning
1: towards and... It uh, started
0: off... It started off... Sounds like... It started off in a very, like, normal way, and then by the end, it was just getting ridiculous. Like, seriously considering, has cleared the way... Has locked Is determined to select. And it's like, are fixated on... Have no plans to pass on. (laughs) Like, okay. And then there were some funny ones. Has a laser on... Are unlikely to resist. Like what? I don't, are enamored with? Are why, tantalized by?
1: Why can't he just have one night where he doesn't ruin it for everybody?
0: And then by the end, he just got bored and was like, "Yeah, they're they're choosing," and he just started breaking the picks anyways. So maybe he'll get
1: he's probably, slapped in the wrist or something. I think he should, honestly, he should probably get him and Shams should probably both get suspended for doing that. Because well, like they both are just like, "Oh, rules? We don't need those."
0: Yeah, so basically, if you're watching on TV, you have to avoid your phone because the draft picks get broken ahead of time. But uh, it was entertaining to see which adjectives. I'd say if Adam Schefter cannot
1: break picks, I think Woj can. Right. Adam Schefter really held himself in during the NFL draft not to break picks. Well, good for him. But yeah, the so, Cavs got Colin Sexton. The
0: Cavs got Colin Sexton at number eight, who is about what the Cavs we expected the Cavs would get. Basically, Colin Sexton is a he's a point guard. He's smallish. He's only about 6'2, but he's not tiny by any stretch. 6'2, 190. He's got a decent wingspan, like 6'5. Uh, so basically what you're getting in Colin Sexton is of I think the number one trait is probably aggression. He's a good scorer. I wouldn't say he's a great scorer. He doesn't have
1: super efficient. He's definitely well, he's not a, not a great three point shooter yet. He's more right. of a mid-range and a drive to the basket, but he has he's a very he's an elite athlete.
0: Yeah, he's a really good athlete. He gets the rack. He draws fouls. He hits his free throws, which also gives hope that he can prove his shot. Since you're, if you're usually if you're a really good th- free throw shooter going into the NBA, but you're not a great free throw shooter or a three point shooter, rather, there's a lot of hope that you can improve that three point shot. Since you already have the basis of a good shot in your free throw, and I'm I'm assuming he'll definitely start to improve as a three point shooter early. This and career. I liked the
1: player comp that Chauncey Billups of ESPN gave to him, which was Eric Bledsoe. Which yeah. that's a pretty good comparison. Like yeah. if you think about it nowadays, because Eric Bledsoe is a player with great athleticism, was a great on ball perimeter defender, still is able to create for himself to the running to the rim or shooting perim- or not shooting perimeter, shot, shooting mid rangers and he's gotten. Serviceable like 35 36% from three. As a, yeah, I think you'd hope that Sexton improves his three point stroke a little more than Bledsoe. If Sexton can shoot like 36% from three, I think you're happy with that. Yep, and but but his ability to he is a little bit of a risk taker when it comes to his defense, but he is a very good defender when he locks in and he's able to stop people from getting around him, not only because of his aggression, but because of his uh knowledge of the game. He is a very smart player,
0: yeah. I think. When you're looking at Sexton, what you're going to get off the bat is a guy who gets the rack, sometimes turns it over too much because he's too aggressive, but he's going to try really hard on defense. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a learning curve. The NBA defense always is. But I think you're, you're definitely going to see an aggressive player off the bat despite being at a new level for him. I think you know he's kind of famous for a couple of things. He's famous for playing three on five and scoring 40 points in the game last year, which is incredible. And I think he's... Famous for kind of having an attitude, not necessarily with his teammates or with his coaches, but with opponents. Like, you know, there's a famous uh, gif of him at the free throw line standing there and the guy next to him is staring at him and he just leans down and stares right into the guy's
1: eyes. (laughs) That's so funny.
0: I think, I I like Colin Sexton, you know, I don't think he's going to be a superstar, but I think he's got a chance to be a really solid NBA point guard. Um,
1: I hope he learns to filter himself a little bit though, because I saw another clip where he was playing in high school against uh, Penny Hardaway's. For those who don't know, Penny Hardaway was a was a really good point guard who played for the Orlando Magic and various other various other teams. But he was known for that team with uh, Shaq in the nineties. So he was playing against Penny Hardaway, who was the coach, and his son. And he called his son trash, and then kept looking over at uh, Penny Hardaway senior after he called his son trash.
0: Hey, you know what? I'm I'm cool with the trash talk. The Cavs. That's one thing the Cavs have really lacked the past few years is someone with a a personality that's going to be aggressive. And, you know, not not give in to the like imagine Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton's not gonna put up with Draymond Green. Yeah, if He'll we talk keep, this shit If right we back. keep
1: him and LeBron comes back, and then we end up and any time we play the Warriors this year, whether it the next year, if LeBron comes back and we're playing them whether it's in the finals or in regular season, Draymond's gonna try to get in Colin Sexton's head and Colin Sexton's just gonna laugh at him and probably just be like, get out of my face.
0: Yeah, I think Sexton's a pretty good pick regardless of what LeBron does, because if LeBron comes back, the Cavs really, really needed perimeter scoring, and they really needed someone to handle the ball. I think, and if, guard, LeBron, and if yeah. LeBron leaves, then you know you're kind of looking at Colin Sexton to be the point guard of the future to start running your offense. So I think, I think either way, it, the pick makes sense, and I think the Cavs did well to not make any wild trades on draft night. So. Well,
1: also, they're just the way the draft broke. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty chalk. But I mean, we had, and it kind of goes into the next topic. So the Cavs pretty much had. To pick Colin Sexton because a lot of the players we talked about in the previous podcast were gone.
0: Yeah, we had outlined Trey Young, Michael Porter Jr., Colin Sexton, or um,
1: Wendell, Carter. Wendell Carter
0: Jr. Carter Jr. and Trey Young were gone. So at that point, the Cavs were basically choosing between Sexton or Michael Porter Jr. or a guy that was supposed to go a little bit lower than that. Or and S- Michael Porter Jr. actually. QA. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr. fell to 14th, which was a pretty big surprise. A lot of team people expected him to go in the top. You know, there was talk he'd go to second overall, and he fell to 14 Denver because of the injury concerns. And
1: it's a low risk, high reward for me. For yeah,
0: for. I'm glad the Cavs picked Sexton over him um, because number one, Sexton fits better with LeBron if LeBron does decide to come back, but also because I think that with there being about you know, ten really solid-looking players in this draft. I think that I'm very much okay with taking a guy it doesn't have major injury concerns and letting Porter slip. But I do think at 14, that's a pretty great. I mean, that's just massive upside that low in the lottery for Denver, and I think it's no brainer that low.
1: Yeah, and I mean, picking a guard for the Cavs. I feel like that's the only position that if the Cavs pick that, that's there's a chance we don't move that player because of just the need for it. Had Agreed. It, had we drafted Trey Young, we would have needed his scoring to help LeBron. An, but now drafting Colin Sexton, he could score like 13 to 15 a game maybe this year if we keep him and LeBron comes back. If, he doesn't, if LeBron doesn't come back, we could see a inefficient like 16 to 18 points a game. And because he'll probably have to be running a lot of stuff himself with a bunch of new guys because most of the old regime will be gone. But um, that tr- kind of transitions into our next point, which was the biggest trade that happened. Again, no pl- current players, but draft picks. Uh, the Mavericks and the Hawks made a trade. The, Hawks traded their pick and got Trey Young to move back two spots, essentially. Yeah, the Hawks were sitting at number three
0: with Luka Doncic on the board. And evidently, the Hawks decided that they would rather have Trey Young because they traded back from three to five with the Mavericks, who were sitting at five, who obviously really wanted Doncic. So basically, to move back from three to five, the Hawks got the Mavericks... First round draft pick next year, top five protected. And she'll
1: probably convey. so that, that
0: means if the Mavericks are in the lottery and they win the lottery and get in the top three, they keep their pick, and it's top five protected the next two years and top three the next two years. So basically, it's pretty much guaranteed that won't be a top five pick, but it's going to be most likely a middle lottery or late lottery. It'll first probably be like
1: nine to eleven or something.
0: I think it's a good trade for both teams. I think Atlanta is at the very beginning, you know, kind of stages of this rebuild. So I think. Amassing as much talent as possible smart for them, and I think, I mean, you're looking at. It's a lot of risk, though, to take Trey Young. Well, you know, this is what you got to say about Atlanta. Obviously, they really love Trey Young. Clearly, to, to trade that, they pick. traded back. because so,
1: that was the Doncic pick.
0: I think if you're Atlanta and you're saying we'd rather have Trey Young anyways to pick up an additional likely lottery pick is pretty good. And I think if you're the Mavs, I don't think it's a bad pick either. If the Mavs are ecstatic. I think Luka Doncic is probably the best player in the draft, and I think a lot of people think that as well. I think there's a great chance that he becomes a superstar. And I think giving up a late lottery pick and the number five pick for him is a pretty great trade for Dallas. So I think it makes sense both ways. I'm really excited to see what Doncic is in the NBA. He's a fascinating player considering how great he was in Europe. I really hope the
1: Mavericks do something in free agency to help him as well, like get some more big men. Because it's clear with this pick the Mavs are going for contention as soon as possible because Doncic was or at probably, least
0: Or at least not being
1: bad. Yeah. Doncic is probably the most instant impact player in this draft just because he was playing professionally overseas. He just finished an 82-game season with Real Madrid, winning two, winning both the Eurobasket championship and the, um, I think it was the ACB championship. I forget what it stands for, but he played 82 games this year, so we already know he can handle a full NBA season when it comes to that. Add in playoffs, maybe we'll see, but it's a great pick for them they have they already have Dennis Smith to build with and also having Dirk Nowitzki there will be perfect to help mentor him just because being able to come from Europe to America is a big jump in a lifestyle change and Dirk's done a really good job of doing that over the years and he can maybe help Doncic get help make him a popular fan person with the Mavericks.
0: Yep, you're looking at Donnie Nelson, who picked Dirk Nowitzki all the way back in, was it 97 or 2000? He's been in the league for
1: 20 years now, I think. Yeah, so 1998, 1997.
0: Yeah, so you're looking at Donnie Nelson that picked Dirk all the way back then. Now his son for the Mavericks has now picked Luka Doncic, who they're hoping is the next great European player, and I think has a great chance to be. I think one other trade of note was, so Philadelphia was sitting at 10. And every mock draft known to man had Philly picking Mikhail Bridges from at Villanova. number ten. And it made so much sense because he went to Villanova, which is really close to Philadelphia. It's in Philadelphia. It's in yeah. Philadelphia. He's from the area. His mom works for the team. And he fit, and his and the fit in terms of position was. Yes, perfect. and they needed like a, a two like a three and D type of wing with experience. And it just made so much sense. And they picked him and he was ecstatic. And he was doing a news conference talking about how happy he was to be in Philadelphia, and they traded him. To Miami. To, to Cold World, man. No, not to, uh, to Phil- Phoenix. To Phoenix.
1: I guess that would so, be an interesting, fun situation, though, for them.
0: Yeah, so basically Philly traded down uh, Mikhail Mc- Bridges down to 16 and got Zaire Smith, who's pretty much the opposite of Bridges. He's in, from Texas Tech. In that he's not NBA ready, but he's got a ton of athleticism, a ton of upside, and... They acquired an extremely interesting draft pick, the Miami Heat un- unprotected 2021 first rounder, all the way back from the Goran Dragic trade a couple of years ago. Uh, uh, yeah. It's crazy that Miami gave a pick that far And in the they future. traded with Phoenix. Yep, and it's come full circle now. So, yeah, you know, you're looking at, it's, I think it's a really interesting trade.
1: I think, I think that's great for Phoenix in terms of building a young core.
0: I would, I would disagree. I think for Phoenix it's a kind of a stupid trade. And I'll, I'll tell you why. So, Bridges, if Bridges is, an, is a great player, then I'm fine with the trade. But I think Bridges' ceiling is kind of that of a good, not great player. And I think for a team that's so early in the rebuilding cycle, I'm sure that Phoenix is starting to get it ramped up now that they've got Deandre eight number one, but Phoenix is a exceedingly young
1: team. But let's say it takes three years to get back. Well, he'll be 25. Yeah, by the time that I'm not seeing. It's not. It's not his age for me. I think he's going to be a good player. I just think
0: with as early as Phoenix is in their rebuild process, I think that they need to be going for upside right now. And I think giving up that 2021 20, pick to get. Bridges, I think it's a pretty questionable move. for well, It's Phoenix. hard to
1: tell because we obviously we don't know right now what the Miami Heat are going to be like in 2021. If I, my guess is that because as long as Pat Riley is there, they're never going to be a team that completely rebuilds. They're always going to be retooling. So if, yeah. I, if I had to guess, that pick would probably be either near the end of the lottery or right after the lottery, just because he always seemed to be going for that eight seed in the yeah East just to have some respectability, or if they barely miss it. Again, we don't know what's going to happen in two or three years. Right.
0: I will say that, I mean, look at Miami right now. Their cap sheet's ugly. they got a lot of average players tied up long-term for for, for big money.
1: Hassan Whiteside, Tyler Johnson. Deion
0: Waiters. They've got a lot of guys who are solid but not great players tied up to big money. James Johnson's another one. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. I think there's a chance that Miami is a really old, mediocre team in a few years. But you're right. With Pat Riley, you never know. So, basically, it's kind of like that pick is a big-time lottery ticket.
1: Yeah, But, I mean,
0: depending on where that pick lands, definitely will, and, you know, and obviously how good the players are that were traded will determine, you know, this trade just like any other trade. But, I mean, if that's like a top-ten pick... I think Phoenix could really, really regret right. this trade.
1: We are And Zyra
0: Smith is a total upside guy.
1: If Zyra Smith hits... So he's, he's, a, yeah. he's a very much an unknown. If Zyra Smith hits and this Heat pick ends up being a top 10 pick, then it's clear, no matter... Unless Bridges ends up becoming a superstar in the league, then it's going to end up being much in favor of Philly. But for... I'll tell you why I like it for Phoenix. Yes, they have a lot of young guys, but they don't really have many guys that... A lot of the guys that they picked were, like, one-and-done guys in the league. Mikael Bridges spent four years in college getting his game up. He knows what to do. He's going to come in and be hardworking. Plus, they need another wing to pair with Josh Jackson.
0: Yeah, they needed wings and they needed defense. So you think about it now
1: they're of a young core of Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Josh Jackson, and DeAndre Ayton. That's a good four to build off of. Obviously, you give up. You're giving up on Dragon Bender and Marquis Chris. That was remiss. It. Or at
0: least you're accepting they're probably not going to be good starters. They could still be bench players for you. But yeah, but like that, you're accepting they're not going to be
1: what they were billed to be. And that young, but that young four core is going to be really important because Bridges is a pretty good defender as well. So him and Jackson can switch with each other. They will help cover up some of Booker's deficiencies. Yeah, because
0: Booker and Aiton are bad defenders. But then
1: Booker and Aiton on offense can run a really nice pick and roll, pick and pop. That'll really help them. Phoenix will be a fun team to watch this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Bridges is a good fit for that team. I just really question giving up that asset.
1: But Which is fair. You know, we'll see. How I would have t- loved to see him on Philly, though, because him in that rotation with, like... It sucks for ben, him. Him playing with Ben Simmons and yeah. Joel Embiid, like it's, with Robert sucks for Covington. Him. It sucks for him. And I think...
0: If you look at that like clearly I th- I don't think Philly was just looking to trade him. I think they were very happy with him. But when they got that trade offer, I think it was just we they they probably said like, "Okay, we just can't pass this up."
1: Once it, they said, "Well, we'll make it unprotected." Yeah. They probably had to do it. If yep. they had made it like top 10 protected, they probably would have been like, "Yeah, no."
0: Exactly. Yeah, I think I think Philly was happy with Bridges and I think it sucks for Bridges because that was a perfect scenario for him and he was so happy to be there, but Hey, man, it's a cold world when you're in the
1: pros. As an NBA GM, regardless of what year the pick is, it's really hard to give up a pick that has no protections on it. Yeah, because you just don't
0: know. It could, yeah. it could be it, – it's just – that's the whole for point. For all we know, the
1: Heat could be a good team in 2021, and it'll be a pick that's in the late teens, which – early 20s, because it's three years from now. We don't know what's going to happen. Hey, man, it could be LeBron oh. and Porzingis in, in Miami in four years. Who knows? Maybe. Or for all we know, the Heat are going to be bad – And they're going to get a top five pick out of it or maybe win the lottery out of it. So Philly might be right at the end of those guys playing well. The Simmons, the Embiid's at the end of their contracts. Maybe Embiid gets hurt. A lot of variables. Oh, God.
0: Please, no. Not Embiid getting hurt. Protect our
1: son. So the thing for Philly is like this helps them like for me – from my mindset, it helps them at the end of their window with these young guys on these these contracts so they can get another young guy on a helpful contract –
0: I mean, you're looking at, look at Boston, for example. You know what what Boston Boston's has done. Boston's tied up right now. What though. Boston is
1: well, yeah, but they're tied up with like eight. I great know, but players, that's what I'm but, saying they right. have all these good draft picks coming, but right. they don't really have space to fit them. So now Boston's getting to that point now. Where they're like, okay, we have a lot of these good players. Now, it's time, to, now it's time to now it's time to like that's why for me personally, a player trade did not happen in this draft. But I think if you're if you're Danny Ainge, you are calling San Antonio with as many phones as you have on you. If they That way, if they block you, you can still call them. But, um, I mean, and you can offer a package of Gordon Hayward and the Kings pick and uh, Terry Rozier, maybe another small piece, and that would probably be – and that would be a really good deal.
0: Yeah, I think the reason – just to, now, since you mentioned that, you know, that no one was really traded, there was a lot of rumors. But I think if you're looking at why no one was traded, I think it's because – the teams don't determine where the players go anymore in the NBA. Players Even the guys that get traded. the players like Kawhi's not a free agent. He's going to get traded if he does get traded. Not, he's not going to sign somewhere. But he still has all the leverage because he's got one year left on his deal. And he can say, I will only re-sign with blank, the Lakers, Boston, whoever it is. And as soon as he says, I will only re-sign with this team, then immediately...
1: His value goes down.
0: Immediately, his value goes f- way down to every other team. And immediately, it's pretty much that team has to come up with the best package they can. And the Spurs have to choose, well, do we call his bluff and try and keep him and try and make it work out with him, which is what they're doing so far? Uh, or do we trade him the team that he wants to re-sign with and get the best package we can? I mean, and that's, I- that's the whole point, yeah. is why there was no trades right now. is because players like Kawhi and LeBron haven't decided where they're going to go. So kind of in our draft preview I mentioned that I didn't think the Cavs should make any trades because they should have to keep their versatility. Because and, and you're seeing that's what a lot of NBA teams did is they said, Okay, look, this is an uncertain summer. We don't know where these star players are gonna be playing. So until those pieces of the puzzle are together, teams were very wary of making impact trades. And I think I think obviously, you know, when free agency starts and all these dominoes start to fall, we could have a crazy, crazy couple of weeks in yeah. July, and I just think that's kind of explains why the draft was a little bit slower in terms of NBA players getting traded. And
1: we'll get into this in a later podcast, but just a quick little hot take: I think if you're Kawhi, Boston's Boston is a pretty really good place to say you'd sign an extension there. He'd be contending for years to come because even if you trade, if you did my trade of Gordon Hayward and the Kings' pick and Tay Rozier, and then maybe throw in uh, like Semi Ojeley as another young piece. Like you could, Then you get Kawhi Leonard back. Your starting lineup is Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Kawhi Leonard, Jason Tatum, and Al Horford.
0: Oh, God. Please, no.
1: <laughs> With still a bench of Marcus Smart, that's Marcus more That's all we need is more Celtics titles just to appease their fan base, huh? For Kawhi Leonard, I'm just saying, if you're thinking about who, where you want to go, Boston should be either one or two on your list.
0: Yeah, well, for Kawhi, it comes down to the best basketball situation or if he wants to play on the west coast then he's not going yeah,
1: go to go west. It's the west Boston, coast but. it's probably going to be but, the Lakers or the Clippers but d- yeah. that's just something I wanted to throw in yeah. there because we coming up soon we are going to be doing LeBron pitches but I think that could be something else we even briefly talk about as Kawhi pitches. Yeah, we're going we're
0: definitely going to discuss all the potential comings and goings of all the stars this summer. Those two being the biggest. We've got about here. a week till free agency starts. Um one more note about the draft that we can discuss very briefly. The Cavs did sign an undrafted free agent, it seems like quite a few of the uh, draft Knicks like. His I like na- his name. His name is Dakota Mathias. He yeah. played at Purdue. He's a guy who didn't really play a lot his first couple seasons at Purdue. He's a six four shooting guard. He's kind of undersized to be a wing in the NBA, and he's not really quick enough to guard point guards. So, you know, athletically, he doesn't really have a great position in the NBA, but he is an undrafted free agent. Pick. What can you expect? Very
1: Cavs signing.
0: Well, yeah, they actually gave him a partial guarantee, which is kind of rare for undrafted guys. Ooh. But I think Probably not that much. A, a lot? No, it's certainly a small amount. Like but hundred thousand. You're looking at you know a guy is an undrafted free agent who it seems like has a good chance to make the Cavs. He's a three point shooter. He works really hard. He's pretty much Kyle Korver version two. Not to say he's anywhere near that good because obviously if you had Kyle Korver version two in this draft, he'd be a top ten pick based off the length and, you know, how good his career has been. But the point is, he's got a chance to make the Cavs. We'll see how he does in Summer League. He's got a great mentor in Kyle Korver, although Korver could be traded if LeBron leaves. But, yeah, you know, just tell. just a name to keep in mind, Dakota Mathias. He's a guy that you could hear about in Summer League if he's having a good summer and... Maybe has a chance to make the Cavs out of training camp and, you know, maybe make a career as an undrafted free agent. Don't yes. forget, Matthew Delvidova was an undrafted free agent. Yeah. There's also been a lot of guys that haven't done anything as an undrafted free agent. But just a name to keep in mind. So, like Graham said, we're going to have several podcasts in the, in, in the next week or two. Um, starting, you know, just kind of previewing all this free agency chaos. Getting all you listeners kind of primed for the action that could be happening. What to expect. What to look for. And we're kind of gonna get a little, you know, couple of little fun cap podcasts. Like we're gonna pitch LeBron as if we're teams. I think we're gonna do that crowdsourcing podcast that I had mentioned. So any listener who wants to be on the podcast, wants to be heard, uh, feel free to shoot me a text or uh, you know hit me on Twitter at abaker <laughs> underscore sports or, or write
1: a review in our Apple. Yeah,
0: app. but if you want to be on the podcast, you know, if you have an opinion about what you think is gonna happen with LeBron or the Cavs or any of that. You know, we want to have you on the podcast. So, we're going to kind of do like a little podcast where everyone gets to say what they think is going to happen and just kind of, you know, get get the general average person's opinion on the whole summer and how it's going to go. Yeah. Quick, um,
1: quick note, too Red and Blue podcast will yes. be back in the next uh, two or three days. Yes. just depends on when Olam's schedule happens. Uh, we're moving through the next, uh, the second wave right now. Germany, my team's playing today. So, I'll get to watch that. You'll either get to hear me rage. Auf Deutschland. Uh, Korea and Mexico are playing right now. That does, that actually Quite German.
0: My team is Peru, and I'm sad.
1: Hey, before the very end, shout out to Peru. Shout out to Andrew's brother-in-law, Powell. They really, they did did a good job.
0: Well, they lost two games. They, they fought hard against France. Yeah. So, with that said, as always, please check out treecityrecords.com. Later in the summer, we're going to have some interviews with the label and just kind of get, you know, put some uh, voices to the website for you guys. Until then, uh, like, like Graham said, expect a World Cup podcast. Expect some free agency preview types of podcasts. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Peace.